0: Let's uh, pray and then we'll get into our study tonight. We're in the book of Genesis chapter 12. Chapter 12. We're going to study the man Abram who will become Abraham, but Abram in his life of faith. This is the opening of this great man in his life and how God calls him out of uh, his past of idolatry and into a new life of faith. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the word tonight. I pray that you would teach and instruct us, and thank you, Lord, for the trip that we took last week, the safety we had, and all the things that we learned. Thank you for my new grandson, and Eric, we pray for a blessing in his life, Lord. Thank you for his worship-leading skill and leadership. Bless him, Lord, and Yvonne, as she recovers now and and becomes a mom. Uh, Lord, we just thank you for life. And we thank you for precious little babies, and we thank you for the study of Genesis that really helps us understand that you're the creator of all. Lord, bless us tonight as we open you, now your word. In Jesus we pray, amen. Okay, I told you that when I went and saw the Creation Museum, I, I took this lecture. A large lecture hall, seats probably over a thousand people with can't TV cameras, and Ken... Ham does all kinds of media events from that room. And they had this lecture that you could take. So I hustled through part of the exhibits and got to this lecture with about, maybe about 300 other people. But it was this Dr. Georgia Prudham who was speaking about the human genome. And here's what ties it in to our study. If you've been in our study for any length of time here, uh, you know that we um, looked at Genesis and the creation of the world and creation of man. And then we've gone all the way through all these chapters, through 2,000 years of history. We got to Noah and his family. Noah had three sons. His three sons had three wives, no children when they got on the ark. But there were three women uh, on the ark along with Noah and Mrs. Noah. We don't really know what her name was. Actually, there is. Ken has some other writings that. What was her name? Esther. He came up with her name as. Uh, oh, I can't remember what her name was. But but anyway, uh, she's not named in the scriptures. But these other three women. Now this is really interesting. When, when Doctor uh, Prudham was doing her her uh, presentation, she shared this kind of intellectual word. That it's it's metro. Uh, mitro, pardon me, mitochondrial DNA. Mitochondrial DNA. You can Google that if you want to. Mitochondrial DNA is something a woman only has in her cell. Men do not have mitochondrial DNA. And guess how many types of mitochondrial DNA there are in the world? There's three. We're descendants of Noah's sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, and their three wives. Kinda interesting, isn't it? But there's so many things like that in science. But when a Christian like this Doctor Prudham has applied everything she's grown up with in the Bible and Scripture and the Holy Spirit, and now she's learning science. And when science and the Bible meet, you get an explosion of knowledge and information. And it was wonderful. I can't even go into the lecture, it was way beyond me, but it was wonderful to sit there and get get uh, uh, educated by her. But anyway, if you have a chance to get there, go to Kentucky and see this, it's a fantastic thing. Now in our Bible study tonight in Genesis chapter 12 is kind of where we are, the first 11 chapters of Genesis really explain the beginning of everything. So we're seeing the beginning, beginning, and now we're seeing the beginning of faith through this man called Abram. We've seen the, the beginning of creation, the fall, in Genesis chapter 3, we've gone all the way from Adam to Noah in, in what I believe is right about 1,800 years. Then there's the ark in another 100 years, about 200 years. You have Babel, and, and uh, you have this new generation from Noah all the way through Abraham. The seed, remember the seed back in Genesis uh, chapter 2 or chapter 3, the seed. Uh, of the woman will crush his head. So this seed is coming, and so you see this theme, this redemptive plan of God that he originated at the original sin because he loves his creation, man, he loves us. And so he's made a way, it's called redemption. And this lineage of seed, we're seeing it, we're, we're following it through Noah, through the righteous family member shem not ham ham was bad right shem was good from shem we get the semites from the semites we get we have abraham and the nation and the promises that we're going to read about tonight so there's the there's kind of the connection there so we're we're in this second phase really the first 2000 years then we have the next 2000 years from noah to christ and then it's been a couple thousand years since christ came and died right and we're in this the end of this period here, um, well, I don't know how long until the Lord comes. Come Sunday morning, we're going to talk about the rapture. You'll get some more information about that this Sunday morning. But, but we're in this, this period now. But that's what we've looked at so far. The first 2,000 years of history, Adam to Noah. Then now we're in Noah's time. And from Noah, Shem. And from Shem, Abraham, or Abram at this point in time. That's kind of where we are uh, in our study. Throughout the Scripture... Abraham, or Abram, as you'll see, his name's going to be changed later, but his name is Abram here. Abraham is the most important person in world history. And I say that, listen, think about this. Jews see him as the father of their nation. Christians see him as the father of our faith, right? Muslims see him as a prophet. Everybody sees this. Over half the world sees Abraham. He's a great man. And so when we get to Abraham, we, we, we stand up and and, and uh, pay attention. He's a giant of the faith for us as believers. His name appears 230 times in the Bible, 67 times in the New Testament. This is a very important man. We need to understand who he is. Throughout the scripture, Abraham is presented, again, as this great example of a man who lived by what? By faith. And it was his faith that was accounted to him as righteousness, just the same for you and I. He looked forward to the Messiah coming. We look back because Jesus came. Our righteousness, is it comes by faith, just like it did with Abraham. Let me show you a couple scriptures real quick. Hebrews 11, 8, and 9. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called out to go to the place which he would receive an inheritance. We're going to read about that tonight. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he dwelt in the land of promise, as in a foreign country, dwelling in the tents with Isaac and Jacob and heirs with him of the same promise. By faith. There's that important component there. And then James, New Testament scriptures here, James 2.23. And the scripture was fulfilled which says, Abraham believed God. And his belief was accounted to him as righteousness. No one sees God unless they are what? Righteous. You can't see God in your condition. You need to see God washed, cleansed, made righteous, and we're made righteous by faith, by believing in Christ. So the scripture teaches. There's another verse. Uh, so it's, it's really, really important to, for us to understand that. So the life of Abraham, when you look at his life, and we'll, we'll see a little bit of it this week. We're going to look at more of it next week. But his life is an example for us to how to walk out our life as Christian, as believers, by faith. It's one of the hardest things you'll ever do, Christian. The hardest thing that we do is we encounter, we come to Christ, and and there's, there's joy and there's excitement about a new life in Christ, but we still have problems, there's still sickness in the world. And I do not believe what some believe, that when you come to faith in Christ, that if you're really faithful and if you really believe that God will give you perfect health and he'll give you perfect wealth, that is not what the scripture teaches. What the scripture teaches is, is what Jesus said. In the world you will have what? Tribulation. That's, but, but it's how you walk through the world. That's, it's all about walking through the world. And when you come to a tribulation and how you deal with it, If you're a failure at it, God will bring something else into your life to make you better, to help you grow. And the best example of that is who in the New Testament? Paul. Paul! God, take away the thorn in my flesh. I don't want it. He prayed three times, and God said, "Uh, excuse me, Paul, I've given you that thorn because you are a fathead, and you were going to exalt yourself beyond measure, and so I gave you this so that, that in your weakness... I could be God in your, your pain, you would realize that I'll get you through it. And so Paul says, oh, give me more pain, Lord. Give it to me. He, he had the right attitude. That's the right attitude. As we walk this walk of faith as Christians, we're going to encounter difficulties, trials, roadblocks, hard times, climbs up hills through valleys and you know, all those things but as i go through valley psalm 23 as i go through i i walk through the valley of shadow death but but he's with me he guides me he leads me that's the truth of the scriptures the other is not a truth at all the other that you're supposed to be healthy and wealthy and if you're not you don't have faith that is not what the bible teaches there are people that teach that it's unbiblical But here we have this great example, Abram. That's why he's so important. We need to pay attention to who he is. So that's why we study Abraham's life. I call him Abe every once in a while. I'll slip. Abram, Abe, Abraham, all the same person here. God has called every one of his children to live like Abraham, to live by faith. That's what this man's life teaches us, teaches us really how to do that. And these verses, again, they're all about his early life. So Abraham wasn't chosen by God and was an instant saint, glowing and doing everything perfect. No, not at all. It took him years to get there. And, and again, as, if you're a young believer, this should give you great hope. And as I read this, I look back at my life and go, what a blow it, what a loser, what a problem. I mean, I, I made bad mistakes and bad decisions and bad choices and all those. I didn't trust the Lord. I was walking by sight. And then God has worked in my life, and I'm not perfect. I still fail, but I've learned through those things. And the grace of God is so sweet, and the love of God ushering you through those, those times, and you look back at those really hard times, those difficult days, and you see how the grace of God sustained you, and you're like, God, thank you. I can face anything now. I can get get to that place that you want me to be. And so that's what we learn when we look at Abraham's life. But in his early years, in his early years, he was really a sinful man. Again, if you look at chapter 11, look in your Bible at chapter 11, verse 27. This is how the Lord found him. He lived with his father, Terah. They were worshiping the moon god, in the Ur of the Chaldees. That's why they were there. And all the people were corrupt. Remember, it was just a, a few hundred years after they, they got off the ark and the world was populated and, and they were, thought they were big and bad and God looks at them and says, oh, here we go again. I can't destroy them. I promised I wouldn't do that. There's a rainbow that reminds me that I'm not going to do that again. So what does he do? He confounds their language. The people that spoke the same language, they went to the, and they split, boom, all over the world. Genesis chapter 10 tells you where they went down to Egypt, in Africa. They went to modern-day Iraq and, and India. They went all the way into Europe, all the f- different families. And I gave you a little map a few weeks ago that explained that, but that's Genesis chapter 10 after the Tower of Babel. But this is where Terah and his family are from. Terah is Abram's father. He was an idol worshiper. He was a pagan, and there's no doubt that Abraham was too. Doesn't say that here. Moses is writing this record for us, and we don't have every detail, but we have enough. We have enough here. And we believe he was in Ur of the Chaldees, and we know. I showed you that picture of that ziggurat. Remember a few weeks ago that, and you can find those all over the Mesopotamian Valley. They're everywhere. Every city would build them. And they were like the Tower of Babel, they were building this, this tower. And under the tower there was a big area for worship. And they did all kinds of worship. They were worshiping the moon god, this moon god. Nana, nan there's different uh, pronunciations, but Nana or Nana. Sorry if you're a Nana to some ch- grandchild tonight, but I don't mean to be offensive, but that's, that's really what. And, and again, Terah, the father of Abraham, he was an idol worshiper. I showed you this last week, but let me, or two weeks ago, let me show it to you again. Joshua 24, verse 2. And Joshua said to the people, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Your fathers, including Terah, there's Abraham's dad, the father of Abraham, the father of Nahor, dwelt on the other side of the river in old times. They served other gods. It's, it's well uh, known. And again, here's a proof text. They were idol worshipers. Terah and his family, Abraham most likely, was, they were pagans. They worshipped the idol. Now, this is why God calls Abram out of Ur. He wants him to get away from idol worship and away from all that paganism. God's, God's starting to call him, and Abraham doesn't immediately obey, right? He's a young man of faith. And, and again, that's why he's a great study, because he, he fumbles and he bumbles around for years until his dad dies. And so it's important for you to, to get that. So this is how chapter 12 begins. Look at chapter 12, verse 1. I'm just going to read the first nine verses, but we're only going to really concentrate on the first three. Sorry, I had a baby this morning. Now the Lord had said to Abram. Get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. So this is God speaking to this pagan. You have to keep that in mind. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. Notice God is in his prowess, in his, in his, his all con- sovereign. He's saying, I'm going to do this in your life. I will bless you, and I will uh, make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse him who curses you, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Wow, the promises of God to Abram. So Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. And Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Now he was in Ur of the Chaldees with Terah. Terah and Abram and the whole family started this journey. They were going to go to where God told them in Canaan. And they only got to this place called Haran. And Haran is is renowned. Archaeologists have dug, they know where Haran is. They found all the ziggurats there. They found all kinds of things that show this idol worship. I'll show you a picture in a little bit. But they got to Haran and they stayed there. They stayed there for years until his father died. I'll make some more application about that later. Verse 5, then Abram took Sarai, his wife, Remember, her name was, she was named after one of the pagan goddesses, Sarai. That's why God changes her name to Sarah later. And it gives Abram a new name, Abraham, later. And we'll get into that later as well. But he took Abram and Sarah, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their possessions, and they had gathered people whom they had acquired in Haran. And they departed to go to the land of Canaan. So they came to the land of Canaan. Uh, Canaan, verse 6 Abram passed through the land of the place of Shechem, as far as the terebinth tree of Morah, And the Canaanites were in that land. And the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your descendants, I will give you this land. And there he built an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. And he moved from there to the mount east of Bethel. And he pitched his tent in Bethel on the west side of Ai uh, on the east. There he built an altar to the Lord and called the name of the Lord. So Abram journeyed going on still toward the south. So a real quick side note, when I was in Israel back in February with our group, guess where we went? We went to a place called Tel Dan. That was one of the first places in the north of Israel. It's way up in the north where if you look at a map, you have Ur of the Chaldees south modern day down near Kuwait. He travels all the way along the river valley up to Haran, which is up in Syria. He ends up coming down to this place called Tel Dan. We were in Tel Dan. There's a gate there. They're flying all kinds of... That's where Abraham first went. When you go to Israel, you get to go to Tel Dan, and you're walking on this ground where Abraham was. Pretty cool. There, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a wonderful place. Again, I'm just making an uh, identification here. But here's, here's going back to verse 1, here's the first point. He was given a call to depart. He was given this call to depart. God's covenant and Abraham's call is in these verses, but he was given this call to depart. Now the Lord had said, verse 1 to Abraham, get out of your country from your family, from your father's house to a land I'll show you. Now we're not told how this call came to Abraham. Moses is just telling us, inspired by the Holy Spirit, what to write. The Holy Spirit tells him that, that Abraham was told, God told him. We don't know where he was. We believe he was in Ur. I'll show you a proof text later uh, on that. But God spoke directly to Abraham, and he told him to leave everything behind. And I've already given you evidence to why he should leave it all behind. It It was pagan. It was idolatry. God was separating him from that. But God spoke to him, and he tells him to leave everything, the region, the religion, and the relatives. He tells him to leave all those behind. So the question again is why, why did God do that? God is gonna promise him, as we've read in verse two and three, God promised him very, a, a lot of things. He's gonna make him a great nation, he's gonna give him a great name, he's gonna do all these things, but first God has to take him out of idolatry. Can you just apply this to your life in a, for a moment? That God, before you were in Christ, before you believed, you were in the world. You were in a, a condition apart from God. God's calling you. God's working in your life. And finally, you believe in Christ. And he calls you away from all of those things. And and all of you have different baggage in this room. All of you know what I'm talking about. Those things that were sin, those things that were wrong. And he calls you out of that. That's that's the picture that we get here. And let's follow him with that mindset because it's in Abraham and his walk of faith. He starts out bumbling and slow like a baby Christian, like a new believer. And he learns and he grows and he puts his faith more and more and more. We're going to see that over the next couple of weeks, how Abraham really becomes a man of faith and a great example for us as a man of faith. But God first has to call him out of all those things. Back in chapter 11, Terah, his father, they get to Haran. Again, look at verse 31 of chapter 11. Terah took his son Abraham and his grandson Lot, the son of Haran, uh, and, and his daughter-in-law, Sarai, his son's Abraham's wife, or Abram's wife, and they went out of, with them from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to the land of Canaan. They came as far as Haran. They stopped there. Why did they stop there? There's a lot, there was a lot of, of uh, opportunity to make money. And we know that they had money and they had goods because they take a lot of people from Haran toward Canaan. Uh, uh something that he shouldn't have done but Abram does that so he's he's got wealth he was stayed in Haran they made money off the moon god there is, is what most scholars believe so they stayed there they dwelt there that's what chapter 11 verse 31 says